Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, it is episode three of Dragon Mark Symphony here on Natural One Media. I am Dylan, your humble GM. Extremely humble. And I'm joined tonight by my players as we continue our glorious adventure in the world of Eberron, the continent of Corvair, the country, and the city. <laughs> you, I think you How lost, are you guys doing you before, we get in, <laughs> before we get into this? Because there's a, there's a specific way I want to get this started. But before we get into it, uh, how are you guys feeling so far? How do you how are you feeling coming uh, you up know. to this? I need a better chair. My back kind of hurts. Yeah, I've had a head okay. cold. It's been, it's been yeah. fine. I'm feeling great, man. I'm excited to see. I'm I want to get rid of these cops though. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Got some nine. Cops, you say, like the uh, the mysterious figure Captain uh, Caspian, who the five of you met uh, after you were escorted off of the lightning rail that had just recently been attacked by Warforged. I fooled you. We transitioned into the recap. Uh, all of you were taken <laughs> off of the lightning rail uh, and introduced to Caspian, uh, the captain of the Dark Lanterns, alongside uh, his partner, Deirdre. Uh, you were asked several questions by members of the Dark Lanterns and made to sort of stand together uh, while an investigation began on the Lightning Rail itself. Uh, you learned a little <coughs> bit more about each other in the process uh, until the time came uh, when you were escorted uh, into a carriage, uh, one of many that were being used to transport uh, the former passengers of the Lightning Rail to the capital city of Rote, uh, to the north. Uh, this is, of course, being the capital city of Braylon, the nation that you are currently in, uh, and is also the home of the nation's king, King Boronel. Uh, so you began your uh, journey heading further north, and where we left off, you were just about to pass through uh, the perimeter walls of the city of Rote uh, to enter. So as you do, it is still... Uh, we'll say 2 to 3 p.m. in our world's time. Uh, the sun is still fairly shining overhead, not a lot of cloud cover. As your carriage, uh, sort of slows its speed a little bit as you approach this vast gray wall overhead, uh, you can kind of see, the, those of you that are sitting, uh, facing the direction that the carriage is traveling, uh, you can kind of see sort of peering out from the sides, that there are, as you approach, there's more and more uh, of these sort of city watch, these city guards that are joining and sort of flanking uh, your carriages as you get closer and closer to the wall itself. Um, a lot of them are sort of shouting things to each other, speaking to each other, uh, relaying messages back and forth. Um, one of them pulls out this extremely large and sort of extravagant uh almost like a hunting horn, uh, blows into it and it sends out this great bellowing sound that echoes around you. Uh, you're able to see not long after there's this enormous drawbridge ahead of you uh, that is lowered, uh, made of just solid uh, wood and steel, uh, begins to be lowered on large chains before slamming down to the ground with a great thud. 
uh, as the carriage rolls on in through the wall and you pass through into the city of Rote itself. If you are on, uh, if you're not on roll 20, uh, you should hop on there as we uh, transition to a little map here of the city. Um, before we continue, I do want to uh, mention uh, yes. something real quick. Yes. Uh, there is something different with the overlay that we should probably mention for this episode, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. You know what? I think you're right. Let's uh, Let's take a very quick moment. And shout out our uh, new artwork that we've got set up. Uh, so, uh, thanks to uh, our friend uh, Taylor's Art, who we commissioned to put together this character artwork. Uh, it looks Lord fantastic. Uh, all of our characters now shown in their full glory. If you want to see uh, sort of the full like, images of the characters as like well, see all the nice juicy details, uh, be sure to check out our Instagram, uh, Natural One Media. We've got the full page that is set up way. there. And uh, see all the character art. <laughs> that. Um, so yeah, shout out to Taylor's art for the amazing art on that. That we'll be uh, using uh, throughout the campaign here. Until one of you dies. And then we'll have to just commission some more. Uh, <laughs> Bubbly. Until that happens. Just keep throwing money at it. <laughs> <laughs> throw money at it until the problem's solved. Uh, but yeah, until then. Uh, that's going to be our, our art for the campaign. We're super, super happy with the results. Looks awesome. Uh, okay. Getting back into it. We pass through this large wall that surrounds the perimeter of the city. Uh, and you find yourself entering uh, your sort of on like the intertwining with where the uh the root of the lightning rail normally would be uh you sort of pass in by where the station would be set up so that's gonna be in kind of the lower right of the map uh and so the first thing that you really see outside of like the station uh about a few yards away is sort of this set of like smaller buildings and villages uh as you as the carriages are going through they're in this almost like procession line of you know there's there's easily like 12 or 13 carriages in total uh and as you're in this procession line you see a lot of the local townsfolk uh who are sort of going about their business uh many of them uh the the line of carriages catches their attention and they start sort of approaching until there's these like big crowds of uh people sort of watching you as you pass by and you see a lot of different uh a lot of different faces uh a lot of gnomes humans a uh, few elves scattered here and there uh and they're all watching you with great interest and you can see there's uh there are guards uh sort of acting as like a, a perimeter ensuring that nobody gets too close to the carriages as they they pass by uh, your first view of this city is that it, by all appearances, um, everything appears to be really clean and polished. Uh, the roads are uh, 
sort of this like white ground up marble as opposed to like the dirt road that you've been traveling on for quite a while here uh there's these arcanely lit like everlight lamps uh sort of peppering the the road road that you're taking uh the the actual buildings and the houses that you're seeing as you pass by uh a lot of them are uh, they're either made of like a really high quality like a birch wood for the siding uh or they're made of like this very uh very polished like stone uh material uh you don't see you know like homeless people in the streets or really a lot of people in the streets outside of those that are sort of moving from building to building and the crowds that are sort of gathered to watch you uh there's this like pristine feel overall to the city and you can kind of see in the distance now as you're you're pulling up you're able to see some of these larger buildings uh closer to the center of the city as well as the uh the division of the howling river uh because the the howling river which cuts through uh a good portion of bornell here or sorry not bornell brayland uh actually cuts directly through the middle of the city uh so that there is a sort of a back half on the other side of the river that is then able to be reached by these extremely well-crafted uh wooden bridges in the middle of the city, really in the middle of the river itself, uh, there is this enormous uh, building, uh, really a, a castle that that is housed in the middle and is reachable by its own set of wooden bridges, uh, as well as a set of like several, not quite as large, but still formidable looking buildings sort of squeeze together uh, a little off to the right and your carriages sort of veer a bit and begin crossing the bridge that is closest to those that cluster of buildings there um as you cross over to the other side there's another wall you're met with this one's not quite as tall um and you see several more guards sort of flanking this wall you see many of them perched up top uh acting as like surveillance uh watching over all of them are armed uh and bear you know this really official looking clean gold and white armor uh and they all appear to just be like these very serious uh very serious guardsmen uh at position you the the carriages pause for a moment and a few of them sort of diverge off, and you you realize as you've been going that some of the carriages in behind you have actually been splitting away to other parts of the city, uh, whereas your carriage and a couple of the ones further ahead of you uh, are the ones that have actually crossed over this bridge and gone into sort of this more central area of the city itself. So you there's a moment of a pause and the carriages continue up again. You pass through this intersection and then you're, there's sort of this sharp turn and a shake as the carriage veers immediately to the right. Uh, and you pull up to, um, a, what almost looks like a, like a town hall of sorts, some sort of hall, uh, that has a couple different floors to it. There's several of these like beautiful, 
glass windows uh, spaced evenly across it, uh, and this great iron door at the front. Um, the doors to the carriage opens, and you find that there are uh, not the Dark Lanterns that you were speaking with previously, but guards from the city of Rote standing there who then gesture for you to step out of the carriage. Almost almost in a realm of like uh, <laughs> unintentional rebellion. I kind of float out. <laughs> When you do so, the the guard that's there, they're they're a little taken aback a bit to to see you just kind of float, uh, and they're clearly not familiar with you as well. Uh, but then, as the rest of the group, you know, sort of files out, they they can see that like, okay, these this is clearly the same. They're part of the same group. There's nothing for us to be concerned about. Uh, and so they actually lead you over to that, that hall building, uh, over on the right hand side, take you up through the front doors, uh, and you are inside of, uh, some sort of like gathering hall. And there are dozens and dozens of people, uh, most of them guards that are sort of traveling around in the hall. Many of them are conversing with each other. Others are reading texts, uh, there are a there's a small group that has a symbol on their shoulder similar to what you're seeing with the dark lanterns but this one is of a uh sort of this like golden great sword that's like interwoven with like a blue streak that wraps around the blade uh they uh and they themselves you can see are all wielding like a distinct like sword uh that they carry on their backs uh, and they're talking with each other, conversing as they sort of travel along. None of them pay any mind to you. Um, you are brought over to a uh, to a stairway that leads upstairs. Uh, and after a bit walking up sort of a couple flights to get up to the second level, uh, you are kind of quickly ushered into this small room Uh the room is maybe we'll say it's like 15 feet by 15 feet, uh, kind of like a conference room type thing going on. It's got this large table, uh, several chairs that are sort of surrounding the table itself. Uh, the walls are blank except for the wall opposite of you, which is entirely uh a glass window with like these gold inlays that sort of twist and turn and wrap around it gives it like this really beautiful organic uh pattern that sort of webs across the, the window itself uh and there's also like a small little doorway that it leads outside to what you can see is actually a balcony uh on the other side of that big like window wall uh the balcony itself doesn't seem to have anything particularly special about it, but from that balcony, you could very easily see the large castle uh, not too far in the distance uh, that is part of, like, this same little little island. Uh, so, yeah, the, the five of you are ushered into this room, uh, and the guard tells you, All right, the five of you, stay here. 
Don't try anything. We're going to have some further questions for you. We want to check up on you, make sure everything's okay. You can have a donut if you like. And he gestures to, uh, on the center of the table, there's this, like, honestly garish, like, golden plate. Uh, and on top of the plate, there are six uh, donuts of varying uh, colors and, and, and frostings uh, sitting on the plate in the middle of the table. Uh, and he says, help yourself to a donut if you like. Um, we'll be right back with you shortly. Uh, I believe uh, the captain had a few more things he needed to uh, get established uh, with Lady Deirdre before meeting with you. So just stay here for five minutes. We'll be we'll be right back. If you need anything, just knock on the door. And he, he you know, gestures to the door. Uh, and then the, the guard just sort of turns and closes the door behind him, shuts it. Uh, and you are sort of left in this little uh little side room this little meeting room are there chairs yes uh there are several wooden chairs uh around this sort of large like like a conference table or like a long meeting table um none of them occupied they're all just you know chairs scattered about you say um there were six donuts on the table there are six donuts on the table and there's five of us there's five of you Cool. Uh, Who gets the second donut? Dak is going to take two. Prisoner's dilemma. It has already begun. He, he grabs one or he puts it in his mouth and grabs the other one and puts it in his pocket. Okay. And just... So what I need you to do is I need yep. you to first roll a d6. I could do that. Uh, it's a three. Three. So the donut you ate. Yes. Uh by all appearances was a plain donut with this really thick uh chocolate fudge like frosting over the top uh no sprinkles um and upon putting it into your mouth and eating it there's no filling of any kind to it it's just like a cake donut uh with with like a chocolate fudge frosting roll your second d6 uh I would like to know also if I potentially notice him going for the second one. Also three. And all of you with your passive perceptions are gonna notice him going for the second donut. Okay. I want you to all quietly. See, you all see them pick up this other donut. It is covered in sprinkles <laughs> that are all right. kinds of different colors. Uh, so they're all shaped precisely. like stars. The, the frosting on it is like this violet color. Um, and the actual cake portion of the donut is... Uh, uh, it is almost like a, a gray. Like a gray coloration to it. Uh, the reason being is because uh, if I see him go for the second donut, especially one such as that description... Uh, I wanted to subtly have Druidcraft create the faint odor of a skunk. <laughs> Around it. Gotcha. So Dak smells that. Gives in there a whiff. Scrunches up a bit. Still puts it in his pocket. Food's food. Damn you. Oops. 
Just put it in your pocket. Yep. That's those sprinkles are gonna be a fucking mess. In you your just pocket. put a whole donut in your pocket. Not only in the pocket, they're on the floor right now. Oh, oh yeah, right. on the floor. Um, Johannes gives you like a really like offended look as like a chef, <laughs> like as a like a a purveyor of food. I'm sorry. Um, I, I made sure there was enough for everybody. Um, by the way, Dylan, uh, not the same pocket where I put the thing. The other pocket. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Statement the stands. other pocket. Looking at the ground, there's a bunch of sprinkles there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm <laughs> just mortified. At the look uh, of Rainbow Seth is just going to take a chair, put it up against the wall, and sit on the chair. Okay. Do you flip it around first? No. <laughs> yeah. That's incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> it really is. Depends on the chair. Great way to sit on the toilet, though, so you can have a bowl of cereal on the back. Just... Good night, everybody. We'll see you later. <laughs> Long enough, it, guys. It, historically, it's what it's for, so you know. It is. It, it's really nice. Um, I know exactly what Jade's talking about, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the only... Uh, we have a good friend, uh, to everybody who's watching the show, uh, we have a good friend named Mitch, and there is a ba bathroom in his basement where that's the only way to sit in the bathroom with the door closing. You could have uh, Bennett knows. <laughs> you could have told this story without the name. You could have just said my friend M or my friend Bob or like you know you could have made up any name, especially That's in this fair. a game you where know, you can make. No, no, no. They need to be called no, out for this. Do, yeah. Also, <laughs> do you know? I'm just trying to. I'm trying to help country. a guy out. You know. Do you I'm know just, how many I'm people in this country to... exist with the name Mitch? Approximately. <laughs> Uh, more than 10, less than 1,000. I would definitely say more than 1,000. <laughs> I would also definitely yeah, say more I'm gonna than 1,000. Well, more than 1,000. I'm going to go with around uh, over 100,000 even. Well, after 1,000, I stopped carrying. But, um, but yeah, uh, that goes next to the window. It kind of just veers out. Oh, I got, I have one of these donuts. There's 122,000 people in the U.S. with the name Mitchell. That's still less <laughs> than I was expecting. It is. Um, sorry. If you look I for specifically Mitch, it's actually 10,000. <laughs> where their first name is legally Mitch and not Mitchell. I was going off by one thing. One I don't know about the one we know. Episode three. Now, no one else will. We're not going <laughs> to ask that question on this episode about what's on their birth certificate. <laughs> We're not asking uh, that question. We are not 2009 Arab Republicans asking about birth certificates, <laughs> all right? <laughs> We're playing D&D, &D and I'm looking for the next most colorful donut. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one? That was a legit question. <laughs> Would you? So you're so you're not just taking a donut. You're specifically looking for the next most colorful one. Yes. <laughs> okay. I need you to roll me an investigation check because it makes me feel good. Right. I am from <laughs> Thelonis, which means that more color means more taste better. Sure. Is it investigation? <laughs> yes. Okay, that makes it a seventeen. <laughs> 17. Uh, your eyes are immediately attracted to this uh, 
there is a blue donut. Uh, the cake portion is blue. Uh, the frosting on it is uh, bright pink. Uh, that then uh, sort of swirls uh, with another shade of blue entirely, creating almost like a purple at the top. So it's like blue and then like a pink, purplish blue swirl for the frosting on top of it. Must wonder. Is there uh or sorry. Do you I eat bring it? it up with two hands? Yeah, like it's like a bullet with two hands and like and like do like this where I hold it like this. So you take a bite into this donut and it is filled with a sort of like like a lemon custard cream. Uh, very, very specific lemon taste to it uh, as you bite into it. Fuck yeah. That sounds delicious. It does. It doesn't to Marshall. <laughs> but to Silva, it's okay. <laughs> is there a chocolate long, John? <laughs> there is not. Well, I'm not uh, going to have a donut. John, <laughs> John, the, John the, the as we all know, the inventor of the chocolate long John died in the last war uh, mm. about it was a good man. years ago. It, was a good man. Um, it won't be another two years before his grandson, uh, John Jr., decides to invent the chocolate long John in honor of his grandfather mm. and his service given to his country. His grandson, uh, Short John. Short John. How could I have been so <laughs> foolish? What about the vanilla one, though? So there's a vanilla one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a vanilla Long John? Well, no, those are the garbage. The first Long John had to make an original Long John. Yeah. He's like, you can only put vanilla on it. There's no the, other way. The, the tree starts yes. something. There has yes. to be roots. There has to be a start to, to where... I, I love the fact that it's now canon that uh, in two years, someone's going to look at it long John decide, what if we put chocolate on this? <laughs> you madman, it's never worked before. <laughs> are you insane? Okay. Are, we, are we finding hostess right now? Like, are we doing that? Is this so, what this so meeting far. is? <laughs> <laughs> Where is little Debbie? <laughs> White Jade. I'm low Debbie. I've been yeah. low Debbie all along. By God. It was my strawberry shortcakes. <laughs> guys, guys. All right. So let's get Sorry. let's get right. back to the important things. So so far, Dak uh, and Silva have eaten donuts. Is anyone else going to eat a donut? No. Okay. Solid no. All right. Those are uh, no. What would you? Uh, is there anything else you would like to do while you're you're waiting here? Anything you wanted to sort of take a look at? Is there anything of note in the room? The room itself is. I'll like pace sparse. around. Um, go ahead. You can make me an investigation check as well. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, um, that is a. Uh, 14 on the, uh, D100 skill. Okay. Oh. Okay. 
So uh, tell, why tell you me don't ask for unnecessary <laughs> things. Tell me my my fate. <laughs> the show is about taking risks. Marshall, did you just take a risk? All I saw was you go under your table, then come up, grab something, and put it in your mouth and start eating it. It's a new shirt on. I have a bag of chips next to me. What the f- Okay. <laughs> I thought for sure well, that you dipped down to go find some little Debbie I had snacks. to stay there for a minute because my head was like, that was too much action there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You said, <clears throat> you said 14. Uh, yeah, 14 percentile. Oh wait! It just occurred to me that uh, that uh, Johanna's got a natural one, and that we're rolling for that result right now. Yep. That's why I said on the natural on the what the what D one hundred scale. So so Johannes, you are sort of pacing around the room, trying okay. to see if maybe you can you can sort of pick up on anything if anything looks out of place. Um, and as you do, you hear a small squeaking sound under your boot. Suddenly. Um, you lift uh, your foot I... up. And you see uh, what looks like a uh, a tiny little uh, tiny little mouse. Um, oh my God! It, it it's one of those type. It's almost kind of like a uh, oh. the name escapes me at the moment, but it's the type you see sort of in like Oceana that are uh, they stand upright. They have a really long. Oh yeah, those head. little jumping mice. End up, they got a little bit of like the the bigger ears. Uh, it kind of yeah. looks nice. up at you. And it, it squeaks really loudly at you and like twitches its nose. And then it uh sort of hops off uh towards the out sort of the, the entryway out onto the balcony and sort of hops out of sight. In fifty sessions he'll come back. He doesn't he doesn't hang out by me. Just leaves right away. <laughs> you don't get to roll a dice. Bye, Merlin. He's literally sitting here batting at my dice like he wants to roll them. You must have wronged him in some way. One day he will come for you. He'll come for me? What are the mice like out here? Back in where I grew up, they just helped you with the cooking. Mice helping you with cooking? Yeah, sometimes they would get... sounds way more different. Sometimes they would jump on people's heads and like pull their hair. It would sort of like send you signals on what to cook with. The mice in Solanas just gave me instructions by speaking. To I made a. I used it to make a mouse atui. I, I knew you were going to say that. Hundred percent in my head is like you're going to say mouse instead of rat. <laughs> hey, Silva. Yes. Uh, real, just real quick, real quick, make a quick history check for me. Back under his breath says twenty one. Yeah, you so you you mentioned offhand uh the the mice from where you came from. You don't know that mouse, but as you watch it hop away, you're pretty sure you know 
the mice that know that mouse. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's it's one of those things where you see somebody and you don't you don't know them know them, but you're pretty sure that they move in the same circles as the people that you do know. You went uh, to high school with them. You yeah, were in like you, a class yeah, or two. You, but... with them, but you were never really in their friend group. You know, maybe you saw each other at lunch every once in a while. Um, mm. But yeah, you're getting that vibe off of this particular mouse. Mm. You know what? It's okay. I don't expect that mouse to do anything. For Carl, all they did was get high on cheese. Get high on cheese. All right, both of your mice from your places are weird. Well, I don't know that mice personally, but you know, um, just traveled in one of those groups that all they did was go into the cheese into the different baskets of cheese. You just find them there, laying for hours. Not from we just ate the mice. Okay, all right. Is anyone here normal? Set just kind of looks at all of you and just. Sorry. Um, sorry. I'd like to think I'm fairly normal. Just had cots that would hunt them down. I really saw one. So do you say how long we're supposed to be waiting? Who's the same? But I know Getting many antsy. a great story that begins in the. Uh, that begins in the confines of authority. Ah, please, Regalos. Real quick, Dylan, uh, you said there's a balcony here, right? Yes. So I mentioned before, so like the wall, the wall opposite of the door is almost entirely this enormous uh, glass window. Um, and there's actually a little doorway in the center of it that leads out to a balcony that you can clearly see <clears throat> the of the glass there. Is that door unlocked? I tried the door. Good answer. It opens. He's escaping. <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I open the door and I poke my head out. Okay. And I look ah. left and right. It's... You, there's nobody, you don't see anybody on the balcony. You don't see anything out there. Um, there's sort of this like three foot tall like railing set up around the balcony, um, you know, ideally probably to keep people from falling off of it. Uh, ideally, but you don't see any. There's no furniture out there or anything. It's really just kind of like this wood balcony stretched out. Uh, and yeah, you can see uh ahead of you this this magnificent castle uh that sort of sits at the middle of the island there. Worry not, dear. Unless the Warforge have given them the ability to fly, or gain the ability to fly, I don't expect them to enter here anytime soon. Yeah, right. Question for Dylan. Yes. The big building. Mm -hmm. I've been there before, right? <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> You've been here twice? You were very young. Uh, you would know, uh, and whether you choose to share this information with the rest of the group, entirely up to you, but you would recognize that this is Broken Blade Castle. 
uh, the residents of the royal family, including King Boronel himself. Got it. How high up are we? Looking down over top of the balcony, you are easily, uh, <clears throat> I want to say, a good 25 to 30 feet up in the air. It depends what the damage might be doable. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, that's Francisco's. <laughs> that was more of a like. That was just more of like a. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> now that's Francisco thinking of plans. Uh, Dak is going to look that. Uh, enjoy the air a bit. Uh, he gets lost a bit looking at the. Uh, at what was it again? What was it called? Uh, Castle Broken Blade. Or Castle Broken, Broken Blade. Blade. Thank you. Um, and then he's got to close the door. Take a seat. And shrink into his seat. Well, the fact that that door was open, though, is it somewhat telling, is at least a hopeful sign that we're not expected to be <laughs> at least immediate uh What's the word? Our suspects in summoning Warforged to derail the train. What they knew we won't escape. Well, the 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 balcony was unlocked. And I mean, not to necessarily assume the abilities of the rest of you, but when there is one obviously winged person to an open balcony. If they were intending on keeping us here against our will, you'd think they'd lock it. it um, they could just be confident that even if we do escape, they'll get us. Especially you. You do kind of stick out. For now. Regardless, I see no reason to leave. Correct. It, it, it is just a thought. As we await our inevitable discovery of what it is that they, they had brought us here. So if I got my account right, set Dan, take a donut. Correct. <clears throat> cool. Dak takes that other donut too. Roll a d6. Crumbles Once. in your hand. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, the next donut that you take is um, the closest I could describe it is kind of like a like a bear claw. Um, it's coated in cinnamon and frosting, uh, but then the actual, uh, dough portion mm. is, like, dark brown. It's got this really, like, rich, hearty texture to it. Um, Sounds good. covered in, in glazing, uh, immediately you can kind of feel the stickiness of it on your hands, but there's no towel or anything nearby to wipe your hands off on. That's going to do murder on your pocket <laughs> I put it in my pocket 
because the sprinkles aren't already doing enough damage oh but like it the sprinkles are one thing right they create like mess and they can you know rub around and they and they can get there but it's not it's not the worst type of sticky a uh, bear claw <laughs> that's just pure goo going into your your pocket lining <laughs> You're gonna pull it. You're gonna put coins in there, and they're gonna come out just like. Dude, you're gonna have to. You're gonna hear like a. <laughs> as you put stuff into your pocket. No so merchant yeah. will take your coin. Fifty episodes from now, this man is dead. The only thing that can heal him is donut goo. Where will we find it? <laughs> Let me just rub my, my pocket on. Him. My time has come. <laughs> Deck. Yep. You reach down and you pick up this bear claw. Mm-hmm. And then you, you sort of lift it up into the air and you look back up. Uh, just in time to see the door open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in walk uh, two people. The first person you recognize to be uh, Caspian, the, the captain of the Dark Lanterns, uh, who had sort of escorted you here. Um, you know, the, the jet black hair. Uh, sort of stoic stature to him, a little bit on the thin side, the enormous great sword on his back. Uh, he is followed closely by another uh, appearing male figure, uh, a gnome um, wearing sort of these uh, semi-intricate robes uh, that only come down like slightly below the knee Uh and has on this sort of uh, this sort of bull bull type hat with a rim around it. Uh, the two of them walk into the room with the gnome closing the the door behind him. Uh, and he he sort of turns to you and says, "Well, all right, I see we're getting our midday breakfast in." Unfortunately, I hadn't had the opportunity to grab food on the plane or on the plane on the train. Planes, trains, and automobiles. But the red eye was bad. Trying to get trying to get the, the eleven AM flight to Zalargo is just like the worst. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh Caspian. Uh, Caspian looks at you, Dak, and says, uh, yes, I'm glad to see that you've, uh, gotten started. Uh, did you eat the poison one yet? We're surely bound to find out, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just you have two of them in your pocket, so. Yep. It'd be a really nice way to find out I have poison suddenly. <laughs> Feed someone a pocket donut and all of a sudden they keel over. Not only is it poison, but it's filled with pocket lint. <laughs> How old was that donut? I don't know. We picked it up like three months ago. Oh my I figure God. it's still good. Um, Dak, Kevin saw this, but Dak licked the donut and put it in his pocket. Caspian just kind of gives like a small chuckle, like, oh, all right, all right, look. If everybody could please have a seat. Um, obviously, I'm sure you have a lot of questions, uh, and we have some information that we need to go over with you. 
things are happening very quickly right now. As I'm sure you can tell, a lot has happened and we want to make sure everybody is on the same page. Uh, so just to be clear right off the bat, you are not under arrest. Uh, technically, you are detained uh, under my authority. <laughs> but I do want to emphasize I'm not here to take you to jail. Uh, you have been through a lot. Uh, this has been a very serious ordeal, and we are investigating to try to get to the bottom of it. So we simply ask for your cooperation uh, as best as you can. Um, and hopefully we can uh, get you back to where you uh, needed to be. Uh, so, yes, as uh, has been mentioned before, my name is Caspian Durant. Uh, I am the captain of the Dark Lanterns. Uh, I apologize if this seems rather brutish. Uh but I'm afraid I won't be able to elaborate too much on the business of the Dark Lanterns, uh, as it is meant to be on the hush-hush side of things. Um, you just need to know that we are handling uh, the majority of the investigation concerning the attack that has just occurred on the Lightning Row. Uh, and this gentleman here would be uh, Nebik. Nebik, if you want to introduce yourself. And Nebik uh, gives sort of a wide smile, waves to you all. Hi, yes, I'm uh I'm uh, Nebik. Uh I am the captain of the uh the the mages, uh the, the King's Wands, hey, if you will, of the, the Citadel here. Uh and you know, we're just uh we're we're the mages that kind of work with the government uh, to to help in any arcane matters. Uh me and my boys were just checking out the lightning rail not too long ago, you know, seeing if there was any sort of uh magic related uh shenanigans uh, going on. Uh, and we also checked in with the air elemental that uh, helps to drive the rail forward. Uh, and he seems to be doing all right, so that's good. Um, uh, but yes, we're, we're, we're assisting with the investigation also. So any information that you can provide to us uh, will be extremely helpful to uh, Captain Durant as well. Caspian uh, says, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so... To, to begin with, uh, as I said, I do have quite a few questions for you all. Um, the first thing I would, I'm afraid I, I do have to ask, uh, I know this was asked of you already, but now that we are here at the Citadel, I want to, uh, you know, make sure everything's on the record, so to speak. So, and he snaps his fingers and you see a piece of parchment sort of flip up out of nowhere, flap into the air, and it is accompanied by a quill. Uh, and the quill and the parchment together begin writing uh, something, uh, almost as if somebody is writing with the quill, but it is moving on its own. Uh, so yes, if I could begin, uh, if you could all please uh, state your name and your uh, reason for traveling on the lightning rail uh, previously. Um, uh, we'll start with you, and he gestures over to... Uh, Whoever would be, I guess, on the the left of him. So whoever's sitting closest to the door at this moment. Uh, well, it's, I, if anything, I'm, I'm the least out of probably almost everyone here. Maybe minus one person. Uh, <laughs> possibly the least uh, authority averse. I'd very likely have taken a front row seat. 
I don't know if Go anyone else it. wanted to. No, I, I was like pacing around the room, so I'd probably be in like the back or near the window because that's where the mouse ran out. I must learn a few mouse. Oop. I wasn't too far away from the window because I went out to the balcony to look at it. Did yeah. he request that we sit at the table? I, he did. So, yep, when they first came in, he did ask that everybody take a seat. Because um, I was sitting. I was just sitting against the wall. Right. So if he required that we move up to the table, I would move up to the table. But otherwise, I'm still he didn't, sitting. He didn't specify a table. He just said, if everybody could please take a seat. I'm seated okay. against the wall. How, however you want to interpret that, uh, you you may do so. Okay. Um, Dylan. Hi. I need a small jog of personal memory. Um, was Neil where we were going or where we came from? Uh, Neil was where you came from. Okay. Uh, you were heading to the City of Passage in Ondir. Uh, to meet with Mr. Marigold. Yeah. Uh, yep. If you recall, uh, Milo Marigold in the in our first oh, episode. Yes. episode yeah, another no, notes in this part of the book. Okay. Natural one in our archives, or you can also check it out on Spotify, uh, available <laughs> in podcast form. Uh, yes, uh, Thomas had uh, regaled to you that it was uh, Mr. Milo <laughs> Marigold uh, who you were traveling to passage. Uh, to meet. Yeah. Um. Well, yes. Um. I am Silva. Uh, I had a friend uh, of mine, uh, Thomas Winleaf, and I were traveling up to Andir, uh, Andir to uh, meet and work with a friend of his. Okay, very well. Traveling for work expense. Uh, and, and you, and uh, Caspian points to uh, you, uh, Johannes. Okay. It was why I'm coming here in the first place. Um. Well, yes, my, my name's Johannes. I'm here for a job. Though, I might a have job? to explain yeah, why I'm quite that. late. What about it? I was going to be a chef. Yes, but, but where? Which location were you traveling to? Um, so I, like, pull out my pocketbook. Um... I was going to be working with someone named Milo Marigold. In the I, passage, I don't, I, did I, I get make the name? Like a, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I make, so do you two know each other already? It, no. It, that is an interesting, that is an interesting uh, twist of fate there. Because I kind of look more more a slightly more not in a negative way uh but just very direct at you johannes who is this guy <laughs> yeah i don't mean in like a it's less it's not like a who are you it's more of like a oh wow <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like just wow i'm surprised okay it's cool small world copyright <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're both heading to you're both heading to passage all right and uh you and he, he points to uh you deck um state state your name and where where were you heading um does yeah, i point to the parchment does that record everything that we say 
What's that? So that's exactly what you said. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm afraid. Uh, it, it is, in fact, here to uh, to record the proceedings of this meeting here. Uh, is it facing towards us, or is it just facing towards them? Uh, it's sort of... It is facing as if it was being held by somebody that is standing right next to Caspian, but mm-hmm. there's obviously nobody there. Okay, cool. Uh, Deck will get so up. You can't, so you can't see, like, from where you're at, you cannot see what's actually being written on the parchment at all. That will change real quick. Uh, Dak will get up and walk over and kind of like peek over. Uh, and he's going to look at everything written and just say, this is very interesting. Uh, 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 and as, uh, as you do that, um, <laughs> the paper, the, the parchment and the quill sort of like jolt up and like back, back up away from you, uh, getting closer to Caspian. And Caspian says, oh, oh, step, step back. Sorry. Stay back. Um, Secretariat is very specific about their personal space. Let's not do I, anything that's going to cause a problem here. Right. I'm sorry. Um, I was just. It was. I've never seen anything like it, and I just wanted to look at it. And um, sorry. Uh, you asked a question. I need to answer. You're the authorities, and I don't want to get in trouble for whatever reason. Uh, asked him. So you should probably answer the it. question. Yes. Yes. Um, what was the question? One more time. I'm sorry. State, state your name, mm-hmm. and where you were traveling to. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is uh, Dak. Um, and um, we were, um, it's Francisco trying to figure out where we were heading to. We were. Uh, I had a uh, compatriot of mine uh, by the name of Wow, Ralphus. Uh, we this were heading is the, to. This is the orc that was currently missing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, we were heading to Fairhaven for work. Traveling for work as well, okay. Um, and uh, and what about you? Uh, gesturing to uh, Nathaniel. Hey, I've been Nathaniel. I'm here for a delivery. Delivery. All right. Where where is this delivery taking place? That's a good question. If you're having trouble recalling, go ahead and roll me a history check. I'm going to do it, but I do remember. I just want to roll this dice. Sure. Do it. Just proposition. It's a one. 19. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so with that roll, you are able to pretty easily recall... Uh, what it is you're actually meant to do, um, how much you actually want to uh, share that information with the class as it will, uh, is of course, you know, your call. That's it, just the delivery. No location in mind. Not yet. Caspian sort of narrows his eyes at you. 
says, listen, I understand if some of you want to be, you know, a little cagey. Personal business is personal business, but this is an investigation on the government level. We need you to be forthright. All right, full disclosure. I don't know where it is. I've never been here. The, the city in particular, or the country, or? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Got it. Right. All right. We'll uh, we'll have secretary note that down then as a delivery in progress. Uh, and uh, you, uh, pointing to that <clears throat> um, name, where you headed? Names uh, set. I was traveling to Passage uh, just for some travel, sightseeing, figure out what I want to do from there. Yeah, left home, figuring out what I want to do. Seems like quite a few of you were heading northward. Most of you were heading to Passage. You're certain you all haven't met before. Possibly. I've not met any of these people before the trip. Not Correct. unless they're a lot older than they look. Well, thank you. But, um, the... Uh, I guess despite the minute coincidence <laughs> despite the minute coincidence uh, the apparent coincidence of uh, uh, Johannes I believe and I um, I mean if I had to guess the commonality of our the direction of our destinations is mainly just attributable to the fact that we are on the same train, which is on the same route. So I, I, I guess to potentially help you determine aspects for your investigation, while there are a number of things, while there are some coincidences here, I can't say that many of them are that specific. Yes, we can all agree that you were heading northward, as that was the direction of the rail. I guess what we're trying to narrow down uh, is if there is a common destination that all of you had in mind along that northern route, uh, whether or not there could be any reason that these warforged would be preventing you or any of the other passengers from reaching there. The fact that they hit you at a very specific location uh, where they did is curious to us. Uh, we're trying to narrow down why they would have chosen that particular moment to strike as opposed to waiting until you were further north, closer to the destination you had in mind. So you don't believe it's an attack on the lightning rail itself? You believe it's a person they were targeting? Uh, Caspian sort of looks to Nebek the gnome, uh, and Nebek sort of continues. Yeah, we feel, um, it's interesting. The, the attacks themselves almost appear to be random. Uh, they all occurred within the same, uh, ten minute span, uh, from what the other witnesses have been regaling to us. Uh, but the carriages that they chose, entirely random, uh, 
don't seem to share any connections to each other at all. Uh, strange thing, that. There was about uh, seven or eight Warforged in total uh, that attacked the rail, and uh, we are baffled as uh, as to if they had a specific target uh, amongst any of you, uh, or if it was indeed just uh, attempting to attack the rail itself and prevent its uh, uh, continued uh, travel. I mean, far be it from someone in the world to just utilize a rack of and random terrorism. You see enough see enough of that and you saw enough of you could see enough of that in the war. Plenty of it to yeah, stick around. Leans, sort of leans forward a little bit. Far be it from someone to use a random act of terrorism as a distraction for something even greater. Perhaps. So that's so that is he is somewhat noted. Maybe it is not in the rail itself that is the answer. There was also no attacks made against the air elemental uh, at the front of the rail. Good. They do such hard work. Mm, yes. A doctor, I'm assuming. Uh, not quite. The... No, the elemental. It yeah, is so the being that powers element. the train. Exactly. Fascinating. The the what you would think of as the conductor is actually more thought of as the pilot, uh, since they themselves are not actually fully operating the rail outside of choosing the direction that it travels. Uh, most of the actual locomotive power comes from the air elemental uh, that is attached to the front of the rail. Mm-hmm. The pilots is all right. A bit of a shame uh, when I think of it. Yes, the pilot is okay. They are actually being questioned as well. Um, a bit shaken, uh, but it looks like none of the Warforged had actually breached, uh, the front cart, uh, in any way. Uh, the closest, uh, breaching occurred about three, three, uh, carts back from them. And it was all passenger carts specifically that were breached, uh, I might add. Poor Thomas. Probably not cargo thereafter either. No, most of the cargo is being kept at the very back of the train. I believe your associate, uh, and he points to you, Silva, uh, was seated near the back. Is that correct? <coughs> we were, yes. Yes. But I know not what they would know not what they would want from and a crippled fisherman. <laughs> But they did derail that part of the train, so it doesn't put... Did they take any of the cargo? No, actually. The cargo is largely intact, uh, which lends credence to the theory that they were not after a particular object unless it was on somebody's person. That doesn't explain what they wanted. Tired fishermen. Are there any missing people that still have yet to be found? We have yet to locate your companion, Mr. Winleaf, as well as your companion, uh, Raufus, uh, the, the orcish fellow. Um, they unfortunately missing in action. The same goes for uh, nine others, I'm afraid. 
uh, also missing. Uh, and I am afraid that we are currently reporting six, uh, six dead and several injured. We had the unfortunate, we had the unfortunate pleasure of, or mispleasure, sorry, um, uh, seeing, uh, this Ralphus fellow being carried off by the Warforged themselves. <laughs> Could you describe that in detail for me? How exactly did it happen? Um, I was a bit distant, so I think you, Dak, were the closest. Um, uh, it, um, imagine if you, if you would, uh, the, the walls of the train. All the people. Um, every single person. Um, Ralph is standing in the aisle i was behind ralph is um him pulling out a knife on set sorry again um i'm sorry he did what uh he was he was he, for whatever reason thought that i was suspicious and decided to pull a weapon on me and Which at that very moment giving that your art is the one with the knife out <laughs> uh and then at at that moment, uh, literally through the wall, a warforged came, swept him out through the other wall, and then we had two warforged in each segment of the train come in. One through the hole that the one made, and then one through the ceiling. In order for a warforged, even the most powerfully built ones, to breach the cart they would have to be traveling at an immense velocity. It sounds like from what you're describing, they may also have had to have been airborne, which is not entirely unheard of, but it's certainly rare among Warforged. Not many of them, they, they were usually, in the war at least, they were ground units. Not many of them were in the air outside of uh, manning airships. That would make sense since the train was also moving fairly rapidly i would assume at the time for them to be able to even get in through either the ceiling or to be able to travel directly through the side mm. they would have to have been provided or augmented with the gift of flight it's very concerning oh, so Dad, maybe your concerns possibly. in the balcony were valid Though none of us are truly safe if a if a if a if a living if a living soul in wood can swoop down upon you and take you away. Well, they're not all bad. <laughs> no, but if any of them, if if it's possible for for just that they're the existence of of these swooping warforged exist. <laughs> It means that when they've taken our friends, they may take us as well. If we could potentially be that lucky. Nebik speaks up again. You know, I've been thinking. This sort of coordinated attack is not common for Warforged even in battle. 
unless they were being led by some sort of military regiment. I have to wonder if perhaps there is a rogue artificer uh, milling about uh, who has given these warforged the ability to fly with the explicit uh, intention of having them attack the rail. Well, they clearly wanted some type of message, given that they kept chanting the divided we grieve, united we mourn. Caspian leans forward at that. I'm s- sorry, could you repeat that one more time for me? I was we told the the fe- the fellows before we had entered the cart. Uh, all, both of the Warforged had just unisonly chanted, divided we grieve, united we mourn. I am also Otis Derbin. This very much lends credence to the fact that they are definitely programmed in some way. I have no familiarity with that phrasing. Sounded not, and it's a bit redundant if you think about it. <laughs> Similar to a mantra. Yes, a mantra or a creed. Could be an extremist group. An extremist group with an an accolade for synonyms. It is an extremist group. You think they would attack the lightning rail itself then? Depends. While I can't explain why why they would take a uh, a sea elf whose arm barely works to, I guess, not not to apologize, uh, preemptive apologies for uh, small insensitivities, but your your companion, Dak, seemed to be fairly fit and, you know, apt for whatever potential, you know, or fit or part could easily be a part of any type of fighting force so if they are looking for people who appear to be especially or like anybody who could potentially be armed in any type of way i think they're recruiting oh i just are attacking those who have the ability to be those who could essentially be some form of soldier whether it be you know mercenary based or not Even an inquisitive group has the capability of almost acting as as if as soldiers per they need be. I think the only thing that would possibly go against that was the way that they were targeting us in combat is literally just whoever was closest. Very true. But thus at that point we had been we had attacked them as it was. Easily at that point, it's just self-defense. However, the other the other curiosity to your point of why that could potentially be false is the fact that how would they know who they are grabbing when they had to travel at such vast speeds? I mean, when I'm, I can barely tell who's who if I'm as as I, if I pass through a crowd and at my size and my own speed, let alone at the speeds they must have had to go at. To think that they could 
swoop in inside of a moving lightning rail and target an exact person is not entirely in the realm of likelihood. You must have wanted them alive too. It would have been far easier to damage the actual rail itself and just cause a big kaboom. Really hope that everybody die. They clearly, if they were targeting someone, they're wanting them alive. Yes. Could be random people itself. Could be specific targets. Perhaps they missed. They were, they had grabbed the wrong, maybe they had attempted to grab one person they knew would be on that rail. And your old friend, unfortunately, happened to be in the way. Maybe it was whoever was destined to be in that seat. Or in the row of seats. In the, uh, in the areas surrounding you, the other passengers, did any of them, well, did any of them appear out of place? Far be it for me anyway. to judge that type of, th that type of thing. Point yes, aside. I understand. Eyes were closed, I'm afraid. Bit of a meditation. Long travels. Caspian looks to, to Nebuk. I, I honestly don't know where we would go from here. We know when they arrived. We know what they did when they attacked the rail. But it doesn't give us any information about where they were going. They hardly left behind any evidence outside of the bodies themselves. How is that coming along, by the way? Uh, are the autopsies progressing? Uh, and Nebek clears his throat. Uh, yes, they've got a. They have two of the uh, two of the warforged. Uh, they've taken them aside, and we've been uh, we've been performing the autopsies. Uh, I have not been given uh, the most recent report, uh, but uh, they are quickly and diligently uh, searching the bodies for any additional information uh, that we can come up with. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, and Caspian looks to all of you. Thank you again for providing uh, these accounts uh, and this information. Uh, I do apologize that you've had to be put under, uh, under such scrutiny so immediately after this event. Um, but as I'm sure you can understand, this is a serious issue. We don't know if this was a one-time attack or if it could potentially happen again. And we have to think about the future. Um, the higher-ups, so to speak, wish to keep you detained uh, over the next two days as uh, the rest of the autopsies are handled and additional evidence is gathered. Uh, they want to keep you... Uh, readily available in case they have any additional questions for you uh but i do understand that uh three days uh stuck in a room uh without the ability to 
see the people you care about or handle any of the business that you need to do um, might be, well, might be a bit frustrating. So, add to the fact I, that the only thing we have to eat are poison donuts. We would obviously provide you with food. <laughs> <laughs> We're not barbarians here. Um, but I have been uh, discussing. Uh, and sort of attempting to pull my weight here and there where I can. And I might have an opportunity for you all. Uh, obviously, if you choose to decline, that is perfectly fine. We will just have you remain here at the Citadel for the rest of the investigation. Um, but there is some additional evidence gathering that we need to do. Uh, if it is all right, you may choose to accompany me. I am going to be heading to uh, the castle, actually, um, to speak with the king's protector. Um, he has an assignment. He believes there's some additional information that can be found at one of the old keeps uh, just outside of the city uh, that could point us in the right direction as far as uh, where these specific warforged may have actually come from uh hopefully discerning a point of origin will help us in determining where they have chosen to go from here um you will be paid for your service of course uh in joining me you will all be paid individually uh you'll each be given uh 100 gold uh for your for your efforts. Um, you will need to travel with weaponry. Uh, considering the current state of things, uh, we will... We cannot guarantee that your safety is assured. Uh, so if you have any weaponry on you, or if you are trained in any way to... Uh, to defend yourself... Uh, then we ask that you uh, make sure that you have uh, something on you um, when we travel. I'll give you all the next hour or so to determine whether or not you're interested. Uh, after that time, I will be heading over to the castle to speak uh, with three and uh, get further information on which of the keeps we'll be visiting from there. Um, Thank you again for your time. Uh, if there is anything else that you need from me uh, or from Nebik, uh, please let us know. Uh, I believe Nebik is actually going to be uh, heading back downstairs relatively shortly to check in on the autopsies being performed on the Warforged. Uh, sorry, did you have a <coughs> question? You have a um, map of the local area? Uh, yes, yes, we can provide you with uh, maps of the, the city of Rhodes. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I would be very interested in um, uh, taking uh, you up on the offer of speaking with the king's protector and the castle. Oh, well, then, you might as well. wonderful. Thank you for, for volunteering. Yeah, then, well, then you might as well. Uh, travel with me for a fair bit, as I also intend to do this, 
as anything that I can do to inevitably help find Thomas is of greater value to me than anything I could gain. But I had lived in this city for a fair number of years, so I could potentially help show you around. Alright, well, if both of y'all know where you're going, you've got some map and you've got some map in your head. I'm gonna need you guys to lead me around so I can tell all of you. Sounds, uh, sounds good, Uncle. <laughs> um, and sorry again to, uh, what, uh, what was it? What was its name? Um, I indicate to the parchment and quill. Oh, uh, Secretariat. Yes. Um, sorry, Secretariat, for invading your private space without asking. The quill kind of stops writing for a moment, like flicks up in your direction, <laughs> gives a little little curt nod, and then continues writing. Scent is important. <laughs> that it is. Yeah, I guess if uh, if everyone else is interested in joining us, I might as well join as well. What am I joining? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom. Just comes up. So Caspian <laughs> has offered to the group. Um, <laughs> you, you would either be, uh, as with the investigation currently going on, um, it is. It has been requested that you all be kept here for the next few days, uh, so that you can answer any additional questions that they may have for you. However, Caspian has uh, presented an alternative, uh, wherein you would be joining him uh, to uh, possibly visit an old outpost or an old keep uh, to gather additional information that may provide uh, a source of where the Warforged uh, had come from originally. Uh, if you are interested, uh, and you will be paid for your services uh, to the crown, of course. 100 gold. I hate working with cops, but I do need money. Do you mention it like that? I did say that out loud, yes. <laughs> that yes, I, yes, I get that a lot. Yeah. I'll help. All right. So then all of you are interested in, in joining me. That's wonderful. Uh, so, yes, give you, you'll you have about an hour uh, to, to collect your things or to, uh, if you need to get any more additional resources. Uh, we can provide you with a map downstairs. Um, be sure to meet me uh, just outside of the uh, the entrance of the Citadel here where we first came in. And we will we will head to the castle from there. Uh, you'll need me as an escort. They won't just let you onto the castle grounds uh, without without my accompanying you. Yes. All right. Um, and so with that, uh, Nebek will sort of. Stand up, say, all right, well, yes, and if you need me uh, for anything as well, uh, please feel free to uh, drop a line. Uh, I will be uh, continuing my part of the investigation also. 
fairly well, and uh, good luck uh, to all of you. And he turns and walks out. Uh, uh, Caspian says, you're, you're all free to leave the room now. Um, if you'd like, you can follow me downstairs. We'll get you that map. Uh, and I will uh, escort you out of the, the building and get you on your way. Thank you, uh, Lord Caspian. So oh, Neville not, is BBED, right? Not, guys? A, not a lord. I, I don't have any type of title like that. I'm just already wrote it down. Um, Prince Caspian? Nope. Oh no! no. You're thinking of a book. <laughs> <laughs> that guy had a great boot. Uh, I apologize. Um, for uh, the uh, your companion earlier, they referred to her as Lady Deidre. Um, I assume that it was the same for you. Yes, um, Deirdre does come from, she comes from House Stock, if you will, Dra Dragon Mock. She's, she's one of, part of one of the houses. Uh, which house? Dax's eyes are wide right now, just looking at him, very still. You're a, you're a curious one, aren't you? Yes, uh, sorry, um. I'm learning a lot. Right. Well, I don't know that this is information that she would normally give out freely. Uh, she is. Uh, she's part of House Medani. Attack. Physically relaxes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Are you all right? You looked a little troubled there. Um, I'm, I need, usually, um, Dak uh, is running through, like, excuses of his mind. He goes to the one that Ralph is uses all the time. Um, I need to shit. Right, um, well, there are restrooms in the, on the lower level of the Citadel. Mm-hmm. Must them. have been something in those donuts. Mm -hmm. I think I well, you did eat one. the poison one. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Oh did you happen to eat any of the ones you put in your pocket? I, like I have to imagine there's not much for say for cleanliness in there. Did you put some of the donuts in your pocket? No. Y yes. That's not. That's not good. Only good. Only guilty people do that. Usually, if somebody puts the donuts in their pocket, that means we need to execute them immediately. Understood. I take. I take. Because they're, they're not. Um, they're not just guilty. They're super guilty. Um, because they, they not only didn't eat the donut, but they're preventing others from eating it as well. So in our experience, uh, as as you know, enforcement, we find that those people are super guilty. Uh, as he, as he explains that, I pull out the two donuts and I put them in my backpack. And I just close up the backpack and I put it back. And he throws up the other donut that he ate. <laughs> right. So, okay. So you've just sort of relocated the donuts uh, right in front of me. I'll, I, I respect the power move. But you're doing, you're doing nothing to discern, uh, to sort of dissipate the, the guiltiness, uh, you that I, I'm feeling from you. That's if one puts a donut in their pockets, that they're guilty. 
So, so I, I have to unfortunately that. inform you that I don't feel he is understanding the joke. <laughs> I I don't think so. No. Um, is what is there a joke? Dak um, Dak was it? Yes. Dak, we've all had a very long day. I believe it's only one p.m. We've all had a very long day. Try to relax as best as you can. Boy, gonna die. <laughs> I understand. Um, thank you. Um, you are you are in the city's walls now. You are under our protection. You are safe here. Yes. It's gonna be okay. I understand. Uh, no one is alone. It's nowhere safer than the guards' quarters. Let me tell you that. What do you mean by that? And it's the safest place ever. Nothing could go wrong with this many guards around. Holding the peace. Justice. Great respect for authority. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you. Sounds really forced now. Great. Look, it's hard to do the accent, right? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very well. Well, that's as I said. You are all free to um, you're free to to leave as as you wish. Um, and I will see you all back here at the front of the citadel uh, in an hour's time. Uh, and he sort of leads you out uh, back into sort of the main hall of the citadel, back down the flight of stairs to the ground floor. Uh, Dak, he provides you with a uh, physical copy of the city of Road map, uh, the same one that we are looking at here. Um. And uh, escorts the five of you back out to the front doors uh, before uh, sort of giving a curt wave and then uh, walking back inside. Uh, so the five of you are now. Uh, yeah, but does it also wave to us? Does yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah, all of you. Um, does he indicate where the nearest chamber pot is? Not not just Kurt. It's it's everybody. There you go. Um, <laughs> there it is. There, that's. That's the acknowledgement I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and you are all sort of let loose uh, in the, the city of Rote for the next hour. Part of town! <laughs> Part of town. I have a question. I Go did mention it. to everybody that I needed to take a shit. Um, did we stop on the way? Yeah. <laughs> Or did he indicate to like it's, uh, it's public? Implied he he did mention that there were bathrooms downstairs. It is implied uh, that you had the opportunity to visit the restroom. <laughs> there cool. was an implied pooping because uh, <laughs> when when Dak did, he went in there. He he obviously didn't have to shit. That was an excuse. He lied to everybody. Um, really, he, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> he, he, he kind of just stands there. Um, you I should have rolled in sight looks around and realizes that he should probably do something with the thing in his pocket. So he pulls out the amulet, looks at it one more time, and then he puts it over his neck and then puts it underneath his clothes uh, so that he knows it won't fall out and he can keep it uh, close to him. Now, when you say looks at it, because if mm -hmm. you recall, there was something very particular about this this item that you had that you had taken. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know you're right. 
I don't know if I wrote it down, uh, to be honest with you. I think it might have been one of those details that I was like, oh, this is not too important. Um, and looking at my notes, that would be correct. So what's so special about the I mean, amulet or what's on it? I'll double check my notes as well because I want to make sure I'm not giving you uh, incorrect information. And every so often, Dak goes like, makes farting noises in his arm. Which I won't do for the sake of those people out there that are quite sensitive to such noises. The the people though that can like really like make those noises, like to just like even like in elongated like, yes. sounds. So without without saying too much to the rest of the cast, uh the the item that you were talking about in question, uh even removed from the box is invisible. Right. Which makes putting it on it was, it was invisible in, in the box. It is also invisible removed from the box. That is all. I will not say anything for Wonderful. Then uh, it takes a little bit longer for me to put it over on my neck because I have to figure out what's, what it is. But I put it on me and then put it on my clothes. So it's definitely hidden now. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I go out like, um, that was a lesson of patience. Um, I'm all set. Let's go. All right. Very well. Uh, and so he leads you all out to the, the front doors at the front of the Citadel, uh, gives everyone and Kurt a wave and then, uh, walks back <laughs> inside. uh, and you are all set free, uh, within the city of city of Rogue. Uh, to do whatever you need to do for the next hour. Later, bitches. Takes off. <laughs> BM. The guards have been given sketches of all of us so they know not to let us out of the city, but <laughs> anywhere in the city, we're fine. Consequences for later. You're joking, but yes. Yeah. Uh, every guard that is in the vicinity, there's no role for this. Everyone with your passive perception is going to be able to pick this up. Every guard that is within the vicinity if they are not watching other people go by, they are watching you. DM. Mm. Yes. Uh, where would the where would the old uh, the old tavern that I would play with Tilda at be on this mm. map? That is going to be. Uh... You would actually be heading back across uh, the wooden bridge uh, over by where the Velvet Curtain is located. Um, actually, just a few buildings down from the Velvet Curtain. So that's going to be the number four there. Um, that is that is going to be where where that was uh, where that took place. Next. Well. I'll have to see how much has changed since the last time I've been here. But at least I have a place that I can... I have a fair amount of familiarity with. If you'd like to follow along, if you'd potentially like to relax for a moment. A temple around here. A temple? There are... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, do you follow the... Pa- oh. I was like, where would I know a temple to be? Yeah. Mm, the path of your particular religion? 
I wouldn't discern that amount of specificity. <laughs> so I, more my offer would end up being like whichever one is like the actual physically closest temple. Probably the closest temple to the direction that you're going to be heading because there's a few temples here. Um, most of the temples that you're, you are familiar with being in this area, Silva were temples dedicated to the church of the silver flame. Uh, there are of course a couple spots that are sort of these denominations of the sovereign host uh, which is a very popular religion, you know, throughout uh, the nation really. Um, largely, yeah, largely temples to the sovereign host and to the silver flame, uh, kind of peppering throughout throughout the the city here. Yeah, so if you'd like, we could just put that we could potentially pass by. Sounds great. What am I food? Oh yes, you'll be able to attain food. food uh, yes, you can donuts. attain a food and a food and a drink if you need it at, at the tavern. Very well. Um so are you looking to are you all sort of heading off in that same direction then? Are you all looking to pick up some food at tavern before you go anywhere else or? I mean, I suppose. Okay. I'm okay with getting food. Yeah, I'd say my first place is to head there. Yeah, you can absolutely head. Um, there, There is a, there's a number of taverns sort of in that, that sort of block of the city. Um, there's as you will kind of you know fast travel our way over there um approaching into that block you find there's a few different taverns that are kind of lined up next to each other there's this sort of like almost like a main street type of situation uh where there's several bars and taverns that are lined up um the first one that you're able to see is called uh the cow eye it's kind of a smaller, like, like there's no rooms or anything like that. It is just like a bar. Uh, next to that is going to be, uh, should be, pretty sure it's Gorman's. I got to check my, my yellow pages, so to speak. Yeah, Gorman's is posted up next to the cow eye. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's the the cow eye. You have Gorman's, which appears to be much more of like a a dining establishment that also happens to have like a bar uh, attached to it. Um, sort of a little bit more of like an all ages type thing. You're seeing a lot of like younger people um, sort of flit in and out of out of Gorman's as well. Uh, and then a little further down from that is sort of a more like actual like tavern or an inn. Um, sort of the more typical style that you're used to seeing. Um, and uh, this one is called uh, uh, Winchester's Scythe. Uh, it is a very old building. Uh, 
with walls and uh, columns that are made of like an extremely polished marble uh, on the outside. Sounds fancy. Is it expensive? Oh. I guess it's hard to say. Often when we would do shows there, often when we would do shows there, I would, or Tilda would hand me the hand me a plate after the after the performance. So, funny enough, I didn't mention it too much before, but this will be one of the few experiences I have in the front of the, of that inn. Though I had dealt with, I had, I had met with some of the employees there. Just didn't often make my way to the front. Didn't make my way up to the front of the uh, of the place. Is this an establishment run by House Carada? Uh, Carada. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you that. All I know was. All I know is that that Tilda uh, Tilda claimed to be part of some type of nobility. Granted, I can't say that there. I can't say how much her name is going to do anything now. Given that that was before the war. While this conversation is happening, um, if I could have you, you're all you're all standing pretty tightly knit together, correct? Roughly, I'd say, yeah, probably. Yes. Um, if I could have uh, all of you make a perception check for me, real quick. Um, perception check. I rolled an eighteen. Eight. An eleven. Eight. Uh, seventeen minus one. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Um, yeah. So as you're looking around the, uh, the Winchester Scythe, the the people that you see filing in and out of there are considerably dressed in sort of this higher level of fashion uh, than the people that you're seeing going out of Gorman's, the cow's eye. Um, indeed, a few of the people that you see coming in and out are actually uh, wearing a glamour weave, which is sort of this arcane enchanted uh, fashion wear uh, that evokes all of these different like colors and exotic patterns and sort of moves and shifts and forms on its own to create these really unique uh, designs um, that are created through arcane magic. Um, but yes, the, the people that are sort of moving in and out of, of the building appear to be of something of a higher class or at least are wearing fashion that suggests as much. Um, and you can sort of assume that whatever uh whatever food they're going to provide there will likely be of uh slightly higher quality than say something coming from gorman's hmm. 
I pay a little mind to that, but uh, if anything, if there are any like employees in and around an eyeshot there, I wanted to. I was going to try to there is, see if I could find anyone a, that I could potentially recognize. There is a major d uh, waiting at the door who is uh, sort of taking uh, people's names and uh, you know either taking them um, to a seat or otherwise sort of letting them into the establishment. Uh, stout uh, woman. Uh, wearing a tuxedo, um, very elegant uh, sort of like silver handkerchief um, coming out from the base of the neck, uh, and these very fine uh, gray sort of like satin gloves. Um, her hair is is tied back into this like really tight bun. I'm assuming I don't recognize her now. Uh, you do not. Okay. This, this location seems a bit fancy. Well, I guess as I noted, Tilda did say she was nobility. As a kind of note in my... <laughs> giving that I am wearing a... Granted, while I would say probably more worn than when I bought it. <laughs> Fairly primmed outfit. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Hmm. <laughs> uh let me go let me go speak with the maitre at least. Maybe if anything I can see if any if anybody is still still here from when I from my playing days. So I'll just kinda Float on over to the to them. <laughs> the uh, the woman, uh, human in appearance, uh, sort of tracks tracks you as you you float forward. And says, "Oh my gosh, aren't you just the prettiest thing? Welcome to the Winchester Scythe. Do you have a reservation?" Um, I do not. I used to live here. I, I used to play here uh, back. A number of, uh, a number of, well, I guess fairly a number of, fair number of years ago now that I think about it, uh, with a Lady Tilda. And I was just more curious if uh, anybody was still potentially around from those days. Oh, you were one of Tilda's friends. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you know, she she ain't worked here for quite a while as well, so... Um... Oh, yes. Unfortunate. Her unfortunate... Her unfortunate disappearance after the war didn't help things, I'm sure. Yeah, we all miss her quite a bit. Uh, was she the only one you were looking to see, or was there somebody else you were? Well, no, I was to... hoping to see if anybody, if potentially anybody, uh, like any of the staff, were around from those days, giving, kind of being behind the scenes, so that me to be more, uh, to more <laughs> inclusive to any of them. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we've had a bit of turnover in the in the past few years, but uh, Marco's still bartending. He's actually the lead bartender now. He's real, real, uh, he's a bit of a showman about it, if you ask me. Uh, but he's real proud of his work, you know. Uh, I bet he would remember you being here, in fact. He'd probably love to see you again. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm, uh, if you could at least give him a message for me, I'd love to find some time to be able to 
uh, potentially more in a in a less busier time. Uh, I guess I may have in, over the years forgotten the. Um, I'm with the I'm with the group, and unfortunately, I may have neglected to remember the uh, the dress code after all these years. Um, if uh, you'd at least send him a message to me, I'd love to be able to potentially uh, meet with him again, and potentially meet or and maybe arrange some type of meeting, maybe in a in, in a off or lesser hour. Right, right, certainly. What was what was your name again? We are. Uh, my name is Silva. Silva, that's a beautiful name. Yeah, I'll I'll pass the message along. I'll let him know. Uh, is there anything else I can do for you? Were you looking to to get a table? I see your your friends kind of standing off awkwardly over there. They uh, were they looking for something to eat or maybe to see a show or? I mean, I I would love to. I just I wouldn't want them to. I guess I guess I'm kind of looking, giving them looking at the other people. I guess I wouldn't want to. I didn't want to, if anything, make a make any type of fuss or have them awkwardly stared at. <laughs> oh, it's no fuss. We got a few open tables, and she she kind of checks. She's got like this little map layout of the uh, the interior where the seating arrangements are set up, and she kind of looks through it and peers down. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a you know I got a spot right over here along one of the walls there. A little more, a little more private, a little more comfortable. If they're not looking to have a, a lot of attention on themselves, that's all right. Dylan, yeah. When uh, were we were we paid that hundred gold, or was that going to be given to us within a couple of days? You have not been paid that hundred gold yet. Okay, I just wanted to know. It's not going to change what I do. It's more of just so I my <laughs> inventory is accurate. Um, Oh, that sounds lovely. If any, I'll go. I'll go nab them. All right, I'll be right here. Right. Flying towards the group. Well, it looks like it looks like Marco appears to still be here. So at least I have one familiar face. Uh, if we wanted to, though, we could take a seat. Th- we could take a seat within and see the performance and have a bite. Sounds fine. I don't think I can afford a place like this. Um, okay. Well. <laughs> I kind of like don't even acknowledge what Nathaniel said. <laughs> and so I kind of more <laughs> just hear the other parts. And then from that alone I just kind of do like the Lovely. Let's be off. <laughs> Lovely. I'll just kind of say it. It shouldn't be too expensive. Just probably slightly more than your your common fare. It'll be a very That's the problem. I don't <laughs> even have common fare. Uh, that could indeed be a problem. You might be able to get water. <laughs> oh, let's hope so. It would be a lesson of uh, frugality. Frugality. That's the word. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Frugality. Um, Don't drain yourself. 
Right, sorry. Um, all right. So then the the five of you uh, make your way into the Winchester scythe, um, sort of escorted in by the, the maitre d'. Um, coming inside, you see these walls draped in red velvet um you pass by uh several uh customers who are all in varying states of sort of dress and upkeep uh many of them sort of glance at you judgingly uh as you as you go by uh not recognizing uh you at all um and i would imagine not most of us not being in very <laughs> similar attire to them some of you some of you looking a little more fanciful than others um but as you, hey, you look kind good of through, <laughs> i think i'm uh, thinking of the seeming armor that's on nathaniel <laughs> i don't worry about it <laughs> As you're sort of led through this like narrow hallway, you go through a set of double doors and it leads out into this grand, uh, almost like a ballroom uh, with just like dozens of chairs or tables, round circular tables that have been set up with chairs, uh, all of them draped in these fine cloths, uh, different waiters sort of speeding all, all around, taking people's orders, taking taking food to the tables. Uh, and directly ahead of you, um, you see this magnificent uh, old Victorian style stage, uh, large, large wooden stage um, with clear uh, wings on the left and right side uh, with these enormous, uh, enormous ever bright lights hanging from the ceiling directly above the stage, providing it with light. Uh, and a large, ornate, decorative chandelier hanging from the middle of the room itself, uh, casting this like glowing not not a not especially bright light, but this sort of glowing light, uh, giving the entire room this very elegant and cozy feel. Uh, you don't take more than five steps in um, before you hear. Uh, from fairly off in the distance, somebody shout. Oh, well, look who's back. I'm turning to look. All five people panic because we all have something. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone is just like, excuse me. I'm, I'm fine. There's no way anyone knows me. <laughs> I'm more more excitedly looking. <laughs> so correction, three of us are panicking. <laughs> I'll still look. I just know it's not for me. Uh, so you look in the direction you know. of the shout, <laughs> and you see two uh, two gentlemen uh, sort of walking up towards you. Both of them have a a glass of wine uh, in hand. Um. One of them is this very portly gentleman, uh, bald head, uh, wearing this very uh, sort of um, 
this tuxedo that is attempting to accommodate his size the best of its ability. Um, <laughs> that is the best wording perhaps, for an unfit. Perhaps not, perhaps not uh, acutely tailored uh, as it needs to be. Um, Stop describing me and start describing the character anytime. Let's, <laughs> I've been there literally today. Yep. Um, and the the other yes, gentleman to his right is a uh, a leaner fellow, uh, taller as well, who has this massive shock of golden hair, um, almost like a lion's mane sort of hair that comes out in a wave, um, but only comes down to like the shoulders. Uh, large uh, eyebrows, uh, very piercing green eyes, and a wide smile on his face. Uh, he too is uh, nursing a glass of wine in his hand uh, as the two of them come up to you. And the, the more boisterous oh. fellow says, I recognize you from from years ago. You was uh you was you was the fairy that worked here, right? You was like the the the, the pixie woman. You you was uh you was Tilda's friend. The uh the, what's it? The 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 pixie fairy friend. What was what was who is you again? <laughs> Do I have any recollection of these two? <laughs> you have literally no recollection of this man. Uh and also no recollection of the other gentleman. So I'm going to say no. You have no recollection <laughs> so, of either of them. My, my pure look of like pure joy kind of turns to confusion. <laughs> um, as I kind of kind of look over to them and I just go, Oh, why yes. Uh, unfortunately, the years seem to have gotten by me. And I... I I almost can bear. I like it's hard to recognize. Uh, recognize you. I uh, uh I recognize that look in your eye. It's been a while. I know. I know. Ah, and he, he sort of reaches out. This big beefy hand is like Sandy. Sandy Crodwell. Come on, you know me, Sandy Crodwell. We went to high school together. We went to high school together. We were on track and field. This is you know? class. <laughs> I paid for your lunch during that one field trip. Yeah. Still I mean, waiting on you to pay me back, by the way. But am no I able rush, to make no. a history check on a Sandy Crodwell? Or Go ahead and make a history check on a Sandy Crodwell. Or do I have just no idea? Yeah, you, you can absolutely make a check. Okay, on 16. <laughs> out of 16, you... So you don't recognize this guy, but the name catches... Okay. Sandy Crodwell uh, is a real estate guy who you remember Tilde talking about in passing. Um, he owns several buildings in this sort of district uh, and rents out uh, a lot of these buildings to his tenants. Um so he's kind of the guy that you go to when you're trying to start up a new business uh, in this district of the city because he is the landlord for a lot of the buildings in the area. All right, guys. So when we when we set up our like our group and we have to make an inquisitive inquisitive agency, we talk to this guy. <laughs> Got us a hookup. We I know. need property. Exactly. Um, <laughs> My current, you tell him Sandy sent you. 
as I will, I will, I'll kind of give him a light shake, a handshake. As I go, oh yes, I recall you speaking. I recall times when you would speak, or you would speak with Tilda. Yeah, I, I knew. I listen, Tilda. What a doll. I knew her, you know, for for quite a long time. Real shame she hasn't turned up. Uh, real, real shame yeah. that. Still, still holding out hope that she's doing all right. You know, we all miss her so much here at the theater. How drunk is this man? This man. <laughs> Great questions. I'm going to have you make. <sighs> insight? This is going to be. Yeah, this is going to be a, an insight check. It's gonna insight. Be a, a lust check. But you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a plus two. You don't need to roll for you're, you're a, lust a plus check. two. <laughs> Let's be real. Lush. Lush. Because Lush. you have Lush. the ability to smell, which means you can smell the booze coming off this guy. You have the ability. That'll, that'll be a 17 then. Okay. So yeah, this this particular fellow here uh is probably several wine glasses deep. <laughs> very, he is very drunk. Got it. <laughs> Lisa said glasses, not bottles. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. <laughs> Still very drunk. Because wine drunk is a very special kind of drunk. <laughs> but <laughs> massively different context. <laughs> and the uh the gentleman uh to his right uh who for the entirety of this has just kind of been beaming at you all uh wide grin from ear to ear says yeah you know i i wish i could have had the chance to meet her you know everything everybody says and you know sandy here talks her up quite a bit i bet she was uh fantastic uh did you so you knew you knew tilda that's that's great that's awesome i was her accompaniment yes Oh, that yes, you probably have a lot of great stories about her too. Uh you so I guess you worked here a few years back as well. That's that's great. Uh you know, can't can't think of a better place to uh to to earn your day to day, you know. Uh, and if you could uh uh again, apologies, but can you remind me your name? Oh, t- I am so sorry. How rude of me. I haven't even introduced myself. I can't count on old Sandy to do that for me either. Uh, you know? God, he's the... Does Sandy look very the... uncomfortable when he does oh, that? Oh, he's, he's loving it. He is He is so far no, gone. They are, no, they are 100% <laughs> the corporate people that pickup. I deal with frequently, and I just... <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> he does not pick up on any kind of slight or anything like that. This is This is all very fun for him um but the other gentleman says i'm i am so sorry uh lovely to meet you uh my name is oh what was well i i beg your pardon (laughs) jack Jack, leave them be leave them be sorry um oh oh, am i am i am i missing something is there something going on here like is there a thing you gotta tell me if there's a thing okay you gotta let me know no he is just fervently apologetic (laughs) okay that's hey hey 
social butterfly. Listen, I understand. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> As he says, in front of the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, pleasure to do. Uh, I'm Trist. Uh, he reaches out a hand to to shake not just Silva's hand, but everybody's hands uh, very energetically. Um, that pointedly does not touch him. Hey, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Trist. Uh, I am a frequent uh, purveyor of the the Winchester Scythe. I love it here. Uh, where else can you go in the city to get uh, fine theater uh, than than the Scythe? It is it is the place to go uh, if you're somebody who is actually interested in the arts. Uh, so yeah, you'll see me around here. You know, I wouldn't say all the time, but uh, pretty pretty often. I'm I'm around here quite a bit. Um, uh, so I kind of neglected to maybe bring much of this here, but I guess we can kind of maybe just umbrella it slightly. Um, when he was talking about, um, when he was talking about Tilda, mm-hmm. and kind of his like admiration. Uh. Is it possible, or, like, because I'm kind of, there's that realm of, like, I kind of, since I kind of have awareness, semi-awareness of the fact that she just kind of disappeared, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no one really knows where she went, I've always kind of had these suspicions, can I make a insight check on him, kind of, in terms of, like, how, what that admiration kind of sounds like? <laughs> is this on uh, Sandy, or is no, this on, on Trist? Trist. Okay. Trist. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make a quick insight check. I didn't immediately have it with Sandy. It was more when, as Trist was speaking, that it just seemed yeah. strange. And kind of like because of Trist's interactions with Sandy as well. Mm. Uh, that makes it a 21. 21. Uh, you pick up on this Trist uh, person that there is, while they are not clearly intoxicated in the way that Sandy is, uh, there is something to the enthusiasm that they are they are greeting you all with that kind of is throwing you off, and you're you're not really sure if it's genuine uh, or if it comes from a genuine place. Uh, really, it's just it's kind of like taking you aback because it's just like the the man. The, this this person is just sort of giving off this really strong 20 cups of coffee energy uh, that doesn't feel real to you, if only because you haven't experienced uh, many people quite like this. Or because he appears to be as if he had drinking 20 cups of coffee, but yet is holding a glass of wine. Yes, yes, absolutely. Something more disingenuous than that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, hey, listen, you know, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, I just, you know, you know, happy to meet anybody who is a friend of a friend of Sandy is a friend of a friend of mine. All right. If you ever need anything, you you come find me. I'll be happy to help you out. Uh, sorry, what was your I didn't catch you you all's names. Uh, who uh, who am I making the acquaintance of? I guess, as Sandy had mentioned, I I am Silva. 
Silva. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Kind of just look to the rest of you. Johannes. <laughs> Johannes. Great name. Strong name. Loving it. <laughs> kind of just staring. <laughs> uh, Braufus. Uh, Braufus. You, hey, what do you mean by social butterfly? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think oh. you mean silver. Oh, kid. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe you take a little bit more time to come out of the cocoon as it will. Listen, I'm that. right there with you. Do not, <laughs> do not use metaphors with him. <laughs> <laughs> Do not oh. use metaphors with oh, him. Oh, okay. Or similes. He doesn't get those um, either. I just, I, I, I have never heard it. I'm just curious to see what it means. We'll let you know once you hatch out of your cocoon. That was the metaphor. Yes. All right. It comes from the fact. It comes it from up. the fact that butterflies are often known to be beautiful and majestic, and therefore, and therefore, are utilly utilized as the epitus for grace. All right. Uh, thank you so much for for joining uh, or for yeah. meeting with us. Oh, oh, We're going to I'm, go take a of seat course. now. I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't. I I hate hate to cut you off. I didn't. I didn't get your name. Uh, you tall, hooded, and handsome. What uh, What was your name there? Me. Yeah. Yeah. My you. name's Dak. Dad, nice. <laughs> this is precisely why I was like, I have to leave it up to your guys' own interpretations to introduce yourselves. I can't do it Dak. for you. Let me tell you something, Dak. I like that name. Real easy to remember. I, I like it a lot. Hey, I won't take up any more of your guys' time. Uh, yeah, I'm visibly you know. more perturbed now. <laughs> you you all look like you're you know you're dying to to take your seats. You know, go get some food. Absolutely fine. Uh, but hey, you know, pleasure to meet you. Like I said, the door is always open. You ever want to talk to me? You ever got to talk to Sandy? You know, uh, just just give me give me a holler. Uh, I tend to haunt you know the site pretty regularly. So just just uh, stop on by. You'll probably see me eventually. Uh, hey Sandy, let's go. Let's go try out those new cocktails Marco was talking about. Uh, we'll see if they're actually good or if he's just you know poofing out his feather, so to speak. And Sandy laughs and says, "Yes, yes, yes. He doesn't have feathers. He's a cat." Let's go. Let's go see Marco. Let's go see how he's he's so drunk. <laughs> um, and, uh, what as he tries to like physically sort of holding Sandy upright as he kind of puts an arm over his shoulder and walks him over to the bar. Um, as they walk away, I kind of lead into that. Um, was that, uh, was, did that work? Was that okay for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're drunk. I am... We can just ignore them. Okay. I, I know you didn't sorry. like giving out your names. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you caught on to what we were trying to do. I got it. We're good. <laughs> Table, food, drinks. Yeah, I've already started moving. Like, I'm very, kind of in that kind of like, I kind of like, as they went away and like they started chatting, I kind of took like a okay. bit of a hump and started so moving. 
All right. So, all you, right. so you all, you all head, you know, yeah. continue forward to take your seats. Excellent. As you do, if that uh, ever happens again. You all leave whoever's talking. Just go. We just continue walking. <laughs> we weren't with them. As you all head towards the table, uh, set. If I can have yes. you make a perception check for me, real quick. That is perception. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, as you are kind of ushering with the rest of the group, trying to get to the table, you you look back over your shoulder one more time, and when you do, you see Trist and Sandy are kind of walking away towards the bar, and as they do, uh, you see Trist looks over their shoulder, uh, finds your eye, uh. And gives you like a big old like wink. Um, your your vision travels downwards slightly, and you see a very small serrated blade in their hand, pressed uh, very gently up against Sandy's back. Uh, and Trist winks at you, uh, and escorts, uh, Sandy towards the bar. And with that, that is where we're going to end tonight's session. Uh, as the next time that we meet, you will all finally have the opportunity to take a seat and enjoy what Winchester Scythe has to offer. Uh, thank you all for joining us this evening. Um, as I mentioned before, be sure to check out the archives if you missed anything right here on the Natural One Media Twitch channel. Uh, and you can also check us out on Spotify as well to keep uh, to stay caught up in audio form. Uh, thank you all for playing. Thank you all for watching. Uh, and we will see you all next Wednesday. Take care. Bye. Goodbye. Yes. Here we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. yep so if you miss anything don't fret we've got plenty of ways available for you to keep up with the campaign and we're just getting started it only revs up from here all right peace we'll see you all next week bye we'll